Welcome to the latest season of the Aussie Screen Printing Club, the podcast that's all about the commercial end of screen printing. Welcome back. Uh, I thought it would be uh, interesting and uh, maybe nice for us to relay some of our recent experiencing experience with live screen printing. Um, and I've just entitled this podcast Live Screen Printing, What Went Wrong? Before I get started, I want to just give a shout out to three people who were instrumental in, in helping us with this event. One was Danny D from the Flipping Sweet print company in Bridlington in the UK uh, gave us uh, a lot of helpful advice uh, but also Pete the man Lawson who uh, a good friend of mine and I know he likes to get a good shout out um, who coordinated and ran the whole event and, and really did tons of work and uh, what a sales guy uh, you are Pete thanks so much for being part of it and Sina Muscles Vaziri who uh, works for the Ministry of Shirts um, every day uh, took a day off from uh, the print shop and came out and helped set up and, and work for the weekend, doing all the, a lot of the heavy lifting and also he did a lot of the printing, uh, which was cool. Um, and we ran an event. We went for an event for two days and it was a nightmare, to be quite frank. It was okay overall. It worked out overall, but it was not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, maybe I was just a little bit too optimistic, I'm not sure, but I thought it would be helpful to explain to you uh, what happened, how we set things up, the mistakes we made. Um, it'd be good to get your feedback on it too. But uh, yeah, it really <laughs> it really was quite hard work. And first of all, let me explain the event. The event's a local event here, held every year. It's called The Big Chill up in Armadale, New South Wales, Australia. Um, it gets really cold in winter here, and, and I mean cold, it goes below zero. And so they have an event called the Big Chill. It's a kind of family weekend to some extent. Normally they have an ice rink for kids and, and mums and dads and other people to play on and, and have a great time. But it's really a music event over two days. And I think probably they had 10 or 12 bands, some quite big bands as well apparently from the 70s and one quite big band now uh, called the birds of um, tokyo and they were great um it's a two-day event it's a classic kind of uh, big open air festival type event with big bands big stage big video screens and around the event uh, were lots of breweries and um, fooderies of different kinds and just one live screen print company being us it was a good fun event the weather was pretty good to us i think we got up to 18 or 19 in the day but on the saturday uh, it went on to the, till about nine o'clock at nine it did it did get quite cold um but that was fine we, we managed with it our setup our kit for the event was we were using a vastex v100 four color press with a single platen and a Vastex D1000 um, conveyor oven, which we've developed into a, a kind of, I guess it's just a frame. I was going to call it a dolly, but it's a metal frame on wheels and the, the press is on the top and the oven's underneath. So you can 
print and drop the uh, drop the garment onto the oven um, and it worked well the, 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 the kit was fine even in the colder weather I was a bit worried that that oven wasn't going to be hot enough but we just lowered the elements the heating elements a little bit and checked it and we managed to get the temperature that we wanted um, we printed bags we printed 500 paper bags with our motif and with the event motif we got permission to use the big chill logos and uh, we printed those um, 250 just standard ones for our company the ministry of shirts and 250 for the actual event we um, branded ourselves under our other brand which is live screen printing .com.au for this event uh, which is a red white and black uh, motif and color set up with all of the stuff so we had all our uniforms um, red tees printed front and back and hoodies printed front and back so we had some corporate kind of uh, structure it didn't look like we just turned up uh, to give it a go um, our marquees were red um, the um, not banners but the the guidelines the guiding rails I suppose is the right expression bollards with um, tape on them were also red so that kind of pulled the theme together if you're interested in the aesthetics so that looked pretty cool we printed about 500 flyers to go in the bags and I think I'm right in saying we did about 150 pre-printed garments half of which were t-shirts across six different designs some nice color work and the other half were, were hoodies. Uh, we were using AS Color garments, and I'll come back to that in a minute. So we had those on rails to sell, <clears throat> and uh, they were hot potatoes. People loved those. Um, and we basically had those in black, but also in ecru, um, with the AS Color garments, 5001 staples and 5101 supply hoodies. Um, and we had four designs for live printing for each day. As it happens, we basically used six designs across two days. I dropped the use of two of them. It didn't take long for us to work out what designs work and what designs didn't. Um, and we had some with nice kind of um, well-drawn birds, for example, pieces of, of art around bees and birds, that kind of stuff. But also... Um, music related events I think the most popular print that we did was called No Music No Life and we were allowed to incorporate the Big Chill logo uh, with those designs too and so I mean, you know just took down standard plastisol took down everything we needed all the palette knives uh, clean up chemicals plenty of baby wipes and the inks obviously and the squeegees um yeah, and the setup probably on the Friday we went in at about eleven o'clock. We were we were given an absolute time slot. We had to be in at ten fifty-five, and we had a sort of a five to ten minute window to get in, get the stuff off the truck, and get the truck out. At least that's what we were told. We turned up on time. The, the organisers were great; no, no complaints at all about them. But we turned up on time and found that everything, of course, was running late and they weren't too too strict with us so we were able to back in our truck and unload get the gazebo set up we had two gazebos basically zip tied together so we were three meters by
by six metres, three metres deep by six metres wide. Plenty of room to get set up, two big tables. And we laid out, I think we had five different colours of tees um, in obviously small through to 3XL. We just went for um, adult male tees. Uh, that was a bit of a mistake right there. Probably should have had some kids' tees as well. This event had plenty of kids at it. So um, we probably could have thought about that a little bit more. One thing to... So that was our setup. Um, one thing to say, though, about how we physically set it up. So I think we got it completely wrong on day one, and we fixed that for day two, and it worked a lot better. But the idea with day one was we'd create a channel for people to walk down to choose their garments and pay. Uh, oh, we also took a load of tote bags. I, I forgot about those that we pre-printed and some that we thought people would like to print on. We were wrong about that. Um, but this channel was designed to kind of drive people into the gazebo at one end so they could look at pre-printed garments. That didn't really work. I think the idea of inviting people into a gazebo isn't quite as sort of welcoming as it, it might at first appear. And people like to kind of stand off a little bit and look perhaps from a distance. So we changed that setup so that on the next day basically people couldn't walk into the gazebo at all. We brought the stock out so the tables were pushed forward outside of the gazebos. Um, we still ran that kind of channel where people could walk down, buy their garments and get it printed at, at the end. Um, and we brought all the other stock out for sale. Um, so everything was out, basically, of the gazebos. And that seemed to work a lot better. It seemed to draw more people in. Um, they weren't so kind of cagey about getting in line, I guess, as a result of that. But that seemed to work okay. Um, and we'd learned one thing from Danny, or a number of things from Danny, but especially this idea of, of getting the press out, you know, not having the press in the kind of back room, as it were, but in the front room where people could actually gather around and see what it was. We found that most people didn't understand the concept, um, hadn't seen it before, didn't know what we were doing, didn't know what a screen print was, didn't know that T-shirts were printed that way, which doesn't surprise me, but did not understand what this contraption was that was spinning around and going up and down and making funny noises. So there was a little bit of sort of education I found that I was saying to people that came on to the stand, um, do you know how this works? You know, not really. Um, right, well, you pick a tea, choose your colour, um, you pay the people along the queue here, and then you go to the end and choose um, the design that you want, and they'll print it for you and cure it. So I had to kind of explain it quite a bit. In actual fact, the first printed tea you know, live print tea sale that we had was so embarrassing. I was so excited. These two ladies queued up and they came and they paid and chose their garments, etc. and went along to the press and the first one said to Cena, um, I'd like one with my name across the front. <laughs> Obviously, completely misunderstanding what screen printing is. 
um, and and I said, look, uh, that's not how it works. You know, we've we've got these four designs that you can choose from, and they immediately went for a refund. They didn't want them there. It was so embarrassing, um, but we got over that. And so the point there is that people don't necessarily understand what it is, and so you do need to get that press out. You do need to try and help people to understand. We had a lot of really cheap tees that we were just printing on. That's to say, not ones that we were selling, just El Cheapo white garments, white t-shirts that we'd already pre-printed the back on with our own branding. But in order to kind of make sure the press was always doing something and people could see what was happening, we just had these really cheap tees that we were basically giving away in the bags for free. And in some cases, I was using that to um, invite people to come and get a free T-shirt, which kind of drew some interest. But I felt like it was important to make sure that that carousel was spinning and things were happening. It wasn't just standing still. Um, yeah, so people needed to understand it. They didn't really get it. Um, a massive mistake that we made, we made plenty, um, was that we thought it would be good to take AS Color as a garment. And of course, they're a brilliant garment. And we print oh, thousands and thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of prints on uh, AS Color every year. And they're a super high-end garment for all that we normally supply. But most of the public at this event, at least, had no idea who AS Color were. And the idea behind it was we'll we'll take a good really good quality product out there people will somehow kind of respect the good quality product and consequently we can charge the right prices um, in accordance with those uh, garment types that was an absolute fail we shouldn't have done that i think that was probably one of my biggest learnings from this was we should have actually gone in at the other end of the market for what i call more of a throwaway tea um, and reduced the price and you know retained the margin and it made it more appealing because people just didn't know there were some people that came on a stand and went oh as color awesome you know this is this is what we expect um, some people said yeah that's what we use in our in our business when we have our stuff printed um, one quick thing to add there is i did give out a lot of business cards in fact i ran out of business cards on day one because you do seem to get a lot of people come on to the stand who sort of maybe have an idea, but they, they know that screen printing is done because they buy T-shirts or hoodies or whatever it may be for their business. And so there's an opportunity to, to sell in. And this event happened uh, a week ago today. This is, uh, yeah, feels like a lot longer than a week ago, but uh, it wasn't. <laughs> Um, yeah, and and so we've already had phone calls uh, for people looking for for prints and and totes and what have you. So you know that's a good thing. But yeah, choose the choose the garment type very carefully. Make sure that you know you don't make the mistake we made of taking the real high end garments in. This kind of customer wasn't the discerning customer, and so perhaps balked a little bit at um, some of the pricing that we were putting in so day one was a bit of a um, nosedive I found it quite depressing actually after all the effort and again shout out to the boys who kept me going and 
uh, bought me burgers and um, actually let me go home early, which was really nice. And they on day one, they were still there kind of um, closing up the stall at 10 or just before 10. And I kind of sneaked off about eight. So that was helpful. But I was a little bit disheartened. Um, I thought, wow, this isn't quite what I'd expected. Day two was a lot better when we changed the setup of the stand. Uh, we changed our pricing structure. I would say on day one, for, certainly for hoodies, in fact, whether they were pre-printed or not, um, hoodies, tees and totes were way overpriced. On day two, um, we were probably a bit underpriced and uh, Pete was pushing me to kind of get some pricing in the middle somewhere. I probably should have listened to him on that. But we certainly sold a lot more stuff. Um, obviously, the profit margin went down. Did we make enough money? Um, I think the setup costs killed this one. But you only really have the setup costs once. So if we suggest that when we run the next event, we won't have the same kind of setup costs generally, there will still be some, then yeah, we, we would have made a profit. Um, we did a few thousand dollars at this one. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many garments we sold yet, but we did sell an awful lot of pre-printed garments and we did print plenty. We got the name out of the businesses that we, we work for. I think that was a real plus. Um, we gave out a lot of those free t-shirts too with our branding on the back. And um, as I say, people have already kind of come on about other kinds of orders. It could have been better. It could have been a lot better. But I don't think it could have been a lot better at this event. And this is a another key learning I want to try and express. It was a great event, but I don't think it was the right event for us. I'm not sure it was the right event for live screen printing. And I think choosing the right event is going to be key in uh, in getting sales in this type of model. Um, this event, as I've already said, was you know fundamentally a music event and an eating event and a drinking event around music. There were 2,200 and something people on day one. I think they had 2,400 and something people on day two. Of course, many of those could have also been the same people. Um, and Sunday certainly felt much more like a kind of family day than Saturday. Uh, they're all ages there, um, all backgrounds, of course, which is perfect. You want, to, want an event like that. But I think an event where there's major entertainment as the main draw card is a problem for stall sellers, which basically we were... If you're selling beer or you're selling food, it's less of a problem because at some point during two days, people are going to buy a beer or any kind of drink and food. They're not necessarily going to go and buy a T-shirt. Um, so I feel like it was the wrong kind of event for us. Perhaps a business conference or some kind of trade show might be better. I'm not sure. We're going to try one of those next um, I'm pleased to say I won't be trying that. The boys will be trying that without me. It might even be better for them <laughs> if I'm not there. Um, but yeah, some kind of trade show um, where people are there to go to the stands. So it's not like the stands and stalls are secondary. It's that they're primary. 
and um, I'm sure that at those events there are other things that are, are put on, but it's not like a big band type of event. If we'd been able to print or do the designs for the big bands, we would have sold them like hot potatoes, but obviously, you know, we didn't have those kind of deals. These, As I said, these are quite big bands, some of them. But um, so I think choosing the events are really and the type of venue is a really big deal, getting that right. And I, I'm not sure whether we'll we'll ever do the Big Chill again unless we can get a different kind of deal um, with the, um, the suppliers. I'm of the understanding that there are kind of two types of setup. One is like the one we did where you go along with your own designs and basically try and sell your wares. And the other model is that you partner with the organization or you cut a deal with the organization you're going in with or maybe one of the the big bands in this case or, or, or another organization to print their garments. And in some cases, I know that that's done as a kind of giveaway. So you're paid for the garments up front. So you've got kind of like nothing to lose and you're just printing and giving stuff away for free. In other cases, you might be charging a nominal amount uh, for that. That that actually interests me a lot more after what happened uh, today, uh, today, last weekend. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to explore those, try and work out with the next one whether or not we can kind of partner with some of the big... Uh, we're hopefully going to go to an agricultural show that has 100,000 people visit in three days it's an annual event in australia and it's um i think it might even be the biggest one in australia um we'd hopefully look to kind of partner with with one of the companies uh, that provide you know sell their stuff through those events as well one of the big companies so we'll try that out pete's got some ideas of doing other types of shows motorcycle shows uh, there's the country music festival there's there's hundreds of shows going on all the time that one could go to but I think we'll try and get some experience around a few different types and work on that pricing um, getting those cheaper t-shirts uh, what I call the throwaways would be good reducing the the price but still making a good margin um, would make sense another thing I'd say is be well prepared there's a sense in which um, overkill is better than under the bus as I used to say in consulting uh, being prepared for everything and every eventuality is always a good thing and then you discover that there was one eventuality that you didn't think of but it's good to, to be as prepared as you can don't turn up at the last minute and think oh, well, I'll just put this in here and it'll all work you do need to plan it a bit we did try and do a setup in the uh, the print shop but actually there wasn't enough room with everything else in there to get it fully set up um, and obviously we know how to set it up now so it will be uh, easier next time but learn to be flexible with that obviously it pours with rain you're going to need to get into the gazebo and get under cover if that's the the setup if you're not in, in a building or something um, another thing i'd say is make sure you engage with the customers this is one of the things that pete and cena were really good at um, going out and talking to the customers, you know, talking to the people that are sort of hanging around, perhaps on the periphery of the stall, and just talking to them, enjoying a the day. Uh, what was your favourite band? 
Um, do you know what we're doing here? Have you ever seen screen printing? Come and have a look at it. Um, here's a free t-shirt. But you can also buy all of this other stuff as well. So getting them in the line, basically, bringing them in, sort of hooking them and uh, getting them in and making sure that your stall and your stand, you know, this is quite, a, we, had, we had over 600 t-shirts. It's quite a big sort of setup in a way for us. Um, and maybe over, totally overkilled it, but making sure that the stand is inviting. It's not closed, you know, to make sure that people can uh, come in. Keep your designs simple. Um, I would say if it's a two-day event, change them up. I'm very particular about off-contact and setting up that press. Just took a little bit of time. It didn't have micro-reg, you know. It's, you have to use a spanner to set it up. So I didn't want to swap screens out. But I did want to have a different set of screens the next day. Again, you know, when you find one that sells really well, obviously you want to, you know, keep that there. Um, keep your design simple. Uh, Sunday was Mother's Day here in Australia. And Cena had the bright idea of, uh, rightly, uh, coming up with a Mother's Day design. So we kind of shot into the print shop on Sunday morning and uh, laid something down on a screen and took it in. And that was a big seller too. Um, and it gave us an opportunity to tease in particular young men who hadn't realised that it was Mother's Day and to buy one um, for their mum as an excuse in a way. So we made heaps of mistakes. We learned a whole lot. It was super fun though. I, I will just I'll probably end with this, but I, I've not had so much fun with screen printing with other people forever. To print, you know, to see, to, to allow somebody to see how screen printing works and experience that kind of amazing thing when the screen lifts up and they look at the t-shirt for the first time with the ink on it not realizing it's wet and needs to be cured and just seeing the glow on their face and the surprise is just amazing um, printing with people is fun too letting them print showing them how to print um, don't bother teaching people how to do a back flood uh, you will be there all day so do the back flood for them and just go through the principles and help them understand before you actually do it make sure they grip the squeegee properly uh, that they need to you know, let them know they need to put a lot of downforce on to get the right pressure and then I just put my hand in the middle of the squeegee and help them to do the print but people loved doing that and I really enjoyed that I know the guys did too when someone wanted to do that it was like wow this is you know screen printing is often done in the back room right we're in a warehouse here we've got an office and a showroom and all those things but you know it's just a huge warehouse or not necessarily huge but it's just a warehouse with a, a few presses in and the public don't generally see that and even when the public come to the print shop here we sometimes take them in and show them and, and they marvel at it so live screen printing is an opportunity to kind of take that as it were out on the road and out to the public and it is enjoyable doing that overall though it was really hard work um, I guess I'm a bit of a wuss so I tend to sit um, you have a bit of a sedentary life now but um, I did find it hard I know the guys found it hard they, they worked brilliantly but uh, 
Would we do it again? Yes. I, I wouldn't do it again, as I've said already. I don't, I don't think I could face it emotionally again. Um, but I'm just being a bit pusillanimous, really. But the guys are keen to make it happen again, and so we'll get it running um, for the next big event and uh, and give it a try again and maybe come back with some, some more feedback. Worth doing. Great experience. If you're thinking about it, um, get your setup sorted. One thing we didn't do, Danny told me that when he does it, he uses a heat press to cure, and we use the conveyor oven. I actually think a heat press is going to be quicker um, than a conveyor oven uh, to cure. The only downside is it gives you that very kind of smooth sheen type um, print which personally I don't like because it feels a bit like a, a vinyl heat transfer. But frankly, I don't know if the public would be too discerning about that anyway. So I might try that next time. Um, didn't require a lot of electricity using the one we have, the the, um, the conveyor oven that we have, but might give the heat press a go next time. Yeah, so I'd, I'd encourage you to give it a go. Find an event, even if it's a small one, even if it's a market stall maybe. Um, and just be well prepared don't take the really expensive stuff get some nice designs but keep them simple and uh, have fun with it uh, as we did and so the big chill's done big tick to that we're grateful to our local council and the other organisers that made that happen and it gave us a really big kick start in the world of live screen printing thanks for listening <laughs>